WordCon is back and live in the UK once again. And if you have attended one of our previous events, you'll know that WordCon really is the UK's number one event for wedding business owners of any age and size. After our last WordCon, we are more than ready to get back into that room with you, hanging out with like-minded people and building invaluable relationships and business connections. So let me tell you why WedCon this year is shaping up to be our best ever. This time around, WedCon is all about discovering how to grow and engage your audience, attract qualified leads, consistently increase your monthly revenue and boost your cash flow well into next year and beyond. Basically, over the day, you're going to learn the very best ways to grow your wedding business. And having started out and built my own multi-six-figure business, I realized that when it comes to building businesses, there are really a few things that stand head and shoulders above everything else in importance. And that is getting clients and customers, generating revenue and cash flow, growing your audience and having a strong team and network around you. At Webcon this year, you're going to be learning from a whole host of speakers who are already successfully using different techniques to grow their audience, turn them into raving fans, and have multi-six-figure businesses. So, so if you're a planner, DJ, florist, celebrant, or work in any other area of the wedding business, you are going to want to be at our one-of-a-kind event, WedgeCon is going to be your home and we can't wait to welcome you in November. For all the details on how you can secure a ticket and be in the room, head on over to the show notes and grab your ticket. We're really looking forward to seeing you on November the 15th in Kent. everybody welcome back to this episode of the web pro podcast today i am riding solo without katie but instead i am joined by an amazing special guest who is a website and copywriter for web pros so thank you so much for coming on today it's going to be a great episode so make sure guys you stick around so welcome andrea thank Introduce you yourself. i'm so excited to be here i'm really excited too today we're going to be talking all things copy aren't we first before we do that I want to know all about you about your business how you got into what you are doing now tell me it all tell me everything so like every good copywriter I did not start as a copywriter I didn't even really know what it was I started out I got a degree in translation years ago I worked for a company that specialized in website translation, so I learned a little bit about SEO and a little bit about website design and everything that goes into making a good website that sells. And then I had a baby and mm -hmm. I didn't want to go back to the office like so many people. And so I started out doing some translation and some copywriting and gradually from there, copywriting grew to be the majority of my business. And when I got my first wedding professional client, I fell in love with the industry. I love the idea of working with people who are creating experiences and memories and using artistry to do something really special and meaningful for people. And so I've been obsessed ever since. Like I say, now you can't get rid of me. 
<laughs> I really love that. So you literally fell in love with the industry and thought, this is where I want to be. This is the kind of yes. person I want to work with. Yes. And I still have memories of planning my own wedding and helping family members plan their wedding and thinking about what it was like on that end too. And so that kind of informs the work that I do. And it's been really beneficial in, yeah, just thinking about how to approach websites the way a couple would when they're looking to book for a wedding. Yeah. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So firstly, what I think would be very helpful to people is let's get into the nitty gritty of like why copy on the words on your on a website are mega important and it's not just one one style fits all yes absolutely and it's not one style fits all the first thing is the words on your website they serve a couple purposes one is they give people the basic information about who you are what you do how to contact you and work with you all of the simple basics they need to reach out they're also really important in making sure you get found by google I mentioned earlier SEO for anyone who's not familiar, that's search engine optimization. And that means in other words, using the words that your people are looking for, whether you sell bridal gowns or you're a DJ or you're a wedding photographer, you want to sprinkle the terms your people are searching for through your site so that it comes up higher in search results. And then of course your copy plays a role in just building a brand and demonstrating who you are as a business and what the experience you offer your customers is going to be like. For some people, that's a wild party. For other people, that's a very subdued, luxurious experience. But your copy plays a role in it. It's the first contact often, or maybe the second contact after social media that people have with you. And it's an important step in building a relationship with you and getting them to remember you. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Um, me and Katie talk a lot about okay you might have or do the same as somebody else but no two businesses are ever the same are they and I suppose that kind of needs to filter into website as well right absolutely yes and that's a perfect way to think about it no two businesses are the same no two service providers are the same and your copy is the chance to convey what makes you different, your client experience different, your work different from the florist down the street. You can both be amazing people and serve totally different clientele or charge different prices or offer a different experience and your copy conveys that. Yeah, that I really like that. That like really simplifies it. I think quite often a lot of the businesses that I speak, we do website audits. We don't so much look at just the copy. We look at everything, like what pages are on there, etc. But from what the feeling is that I get from people is that copy scares people to death. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. Copywriting, what even is that? So I think keeping it simple is really important, isn't it? Yes, keeping it simple and thinking the way your ideal couples or your ideal clients, depending on what service you offer, thinking the way they think, what questions do they have? What do they need to know in order to move forward? Because so often we have a story we want to tell other people about ourselves and our business. And that story is amazing, but it's not necessarily answering the questions that our ideal clients have in mind when they are looking for someone who does what we do. Yeah, yeah that's a really good point. It is, it is, it's not about what you think like people want to know. It's about what your ideal client are going to be looking for kind of, and what is going to resonate with them. Um, so I'd imagine that you've helped a lot of web pros um, over your time with their websites and words and things. So what are the most common mistakes that you are seeing people out there make when it comes to their websites and copy? So the first thing and the simplest thing to fix is that on the top of your homepage, 
we call it the hero in website speak, but it's basically okay. just the top portion. People need to know who you are, what you do. And this is really critical for a lot of wedding pros where you're located. It doesn't need to be super specific. You don't need to name, like you said, you live in a small town. You don't need to name the specific small town, but the region, because you have a few seconds to catch their attention and they need clear information. You can have a great tagline, but you also need to convey, for example, that you're a wedding photographer who works in Somerset and your name is such and such. That information needs to be there. And a lot of times people get caught up in saying something witty or displaying a beautiful image and they forget to include that really key information that's the first thing people are looking for. Another mistake I see is people tend to talk about themselves a lot. They use a lot of I or a lot of we. And while the I and the we behind the business is really important, you want to help your potential clients visualize their wedding day, think about how they're going to be. You wanna use a lot of you language so that they're putting themselves in the shoes of what you're describing. They're thinking, okay, if I hire this person, this is how my wedding is going to look like. And the more you language you use and the more you focus on them, the more they're going to feel like they're in great hands, they're going to be taken care of, and they can really visualize the experience you're going to create for them. I think it's about making that emotive connection, right? And about setting that scene, about them visualizing, oh, yes, okay, I, I can see myself working with this person or the vision that they portray or the images on your side. Yes, this is my kind of person. And that that's what it is. Is there anything else that other mistakes that I see, I think sometimes it's easy to put too much information on your website. A lot of times we have all of these little details we want to convey to a client. And the reality of it is those are better for a proposal or a contract or something like that. The example I always use is if you're a venue, you have a dance floor. People don't need to know the square footage of the dance floor the first time they talk to you. It's important to you, and it will be important in the conversation with them later on, but they're not hung up on that detail the first time. What they want to know is maybe a general idea of your price. Do you do vegetarian meals? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But they don't want the itty-bitty details. Those are for the proposal and the contract where you can bullet point them out. So I think a lot of times we need to take a step back and think, does someone need to know this right away? Or can I tell them on a call? Can I share it in a contract? Can I streamline the process and make them feel less overwhelmed? Because you think about, and I'm dating myself here, we used to have binders where you would print out everything and plan your wedding. Nowadays, people have Pinterest, they have Instagram, but there's still maybe even more so than before, an overwhelming amount of information to consume while you're planning a wedding. They need you to tell them the critical pieces of information, not bombard them with details. So it's about getting that balance right between... Yes, and it is a balance. It's a tightrope you have to walk. It's like Goldilocks, right? (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about call to actions. So I I was going to ask, is there a set amount of call to actions that kind of each page should have on your website or does that depend on the page? It depends on the page, but I usually tell people they can probably have more call to actions than they actually do because a lot of us tend to put one at the bottom, Uh maybe one at the top, and then leave the rest in between. Yes. And you need, you can have a few in between because you know what? If someone's not ready to click, they'll just scroll right past it. But if they're ready to click, you can capture them right there, make their life a little bit easier. And when you do write a call to action, you want to make it pretty clear what someone's going to do. This is another thing I'm always on about is, are they going to book a call? Are they going to receive a proposal? Are they just going to hear from you via email? But you want them to understand 
what's going to happen when they inquire. So if you if they book a call with you, have that little button say book a call or set up a visit if you're an in-person venue or a shop or something like that and make sure they understand what they're getting into. They're not just clicking and crossing their fingers, you know. Yeah. And I think when it comes to call to actions as well, they don't just have to be clickable buttons, do they? You can highlight words, make them clickable. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, make it look a bit fancy and a bit pretty with images as well. Yes, you can have a lot of fun with it as long as it's like, as long as they can find it, you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I also wanted to touch on quickly another one of these things that I find people find a minefield is H1 text, the H text. Can you break it down in an easy way? Is that even possible? (laughs) It is possible. And I think of it, so my style of writing them is I think of it as not your fun headline not the thing that's going to really grab people. It's informative. It's for the search engine. So the H1 for anyone who's not familiar is probably after your page title, one of the most important pieces of text on your web page. Search engines are looking for it as a way to categorize what your page is about. So it's Mm -hmm. going to use your main keyword for a page. Again, if you're a wedding photographer, like I said earlier in Somerset, you might simply say Somerset wedding photographer. That might be your keyword. And you want that in the H1. Maybe you say luxury in front of it or traveling or something. What I tend to do when I'm working with designers is we put those really critical keywords in the H1 and then we make it small. It's still there. It's still readable, but it's almost like a subtitle. And then you can have an overall headline that has a bit more personality to it. Yeah, that's clever. Um, so because we're, you think we're, H1... we're giving Google what it wants. And at yeah. the same time, we're having a little bit more creative copy too. You want both on there. And that's really what a website is. It's a mix of giving the robots what they want and giving the people what they want. And you have to mix. Website copywriting is about mixing both. Yeah, because when I think of H1 text, I think of H1, okay, that's the biggest text. That that therefore got to stay the biggest bit of text on this page at the top, whack it there. But you can go, you can change the size. That's such an easy thing to do. If it has to be, sometimes it has to be boring and ugly, the H1 text to get the, the SEO keyword in. So make it small. It's still on the page. It has the information. And then you put something pretty below it. That's my trick. That's that's my secret. That's great. So then does it go like H1, most important, H2? Like, does that exactly. search by the robots too? Like, and- yes. And you don't want to overdo your keywords on your page. That's a lot of, that's something a lot of us learned about writing for search engines years ago. Nowadays, Google doesn't need you to use your keyword 12 times on your page and it reads awkwardly. It should read like natural, normal text when it's woven into your headline, your subheaders. They say that the simpler your keyword is, the more it's going to come up on the page. So for example, if it was just photography, you'd probably use it a lot. If it's a more specific type of photography package, you're not going to use that same string of words as much, but you don't want to overstuff it. You do want to use it in your H1, maybe in an H2, and one or two places in the body of the page too, depending on how long it is. I really hope that's helped clear things up because it has to be. I think, like I said, everybody else overthinks stuff like this, as do I, because like copy and copywriting and websites is not completely my thing, but that has really helped just just break it down. I say websites aren't our things, but me and Katie literally rebranded our business like four weeks ago, and we did our website ourselves, literally from start to finish. And it is a slog. Like I can see like people who do their own website and I know lots of you are not along and relating. It's hard work. It's definitely worth every now and again, 
going over your site, giving it an audit. Do you think that's something wise to do? Yes, and especially also a couple times a year, just make sure that everything that's on there is still relevant. Do a check, maybe depending on your business, maybe quarterly, maybe once or twice a year, make sure you're still offering all those services. Make sure that if you have a team, that the bios for the team members are still the right people. Just check in every once in a while and make sure that it's accurate, whatever information you're listing. Yeah, because everything evolves price yes your, your pricing's changed and yes people you should be reviewing your prices and then updating those as you go along can we talk about page because i know this yes. is one that a lot of people you got excited then let's talk okay. about it jump into about page what needs to go on there and what doesn't need to go on there what i always advise people to do is you want to tell a little bit of a story about yourself and how you got established in your business, but you really want to relate it back to the person that you're talking to. So you don't just want to, it shouldn't read like a CV or like a job interview. It shouldn't read like your LinkedIn page. You want to do a little bit of storytelling. And then once you've done that, for example, for a lot of people, the way they got into the wedding industry was maybe through something that didn't go so well in planning their own wedding. So you tell that story a little bit, get them to have some connection with you and then from there, you go more gradually into your credentials, your experience, and anything that really proves that you know what you're talking about. So if you've been on podcasts, if you've won awards, all of that good stuff, you want to make sure that some of that's on your about page too. We call it social proof. Yeah. And basically, it's anything that shows that you're not just someone who threw together a website and said you could do this. You've proven that you can do it. So I always want people to put some of that on their about page. And then the other thing I want is for people to put fun facts that'll stick in someone's head. Something mm -hmm. fun about yourself, not your coffee order, because everyone says that, not but either. something else. It could be the type of movie that you like that no one would expect. It could be, like I had a client years ago, we wrote about how she loved Hallmark movies. And she didn't really seem like a Hallmark movie kind of girl, mm -hmm. but she loved Hallmark Christmas movies. That was her December so anything that'll help you be memorable, because you have to remember that particularly if you're in an area with a number of vendors, people are looking at multiple websites. You want some fun little detail that'll make you stick in someone's head after they close the browser and they'll think, oh, she was the one who, and then they'll remember you. That's a really good tip. And that is something that we do speak of. What's going to make you be remembered? Sometimes people will come on your sales call then. And they'll say, oh, by the way, I read that you've been to 25 countries or your favorite cocktail is a martini, shake and not stir, whatever you put on there. And it's just a fun little warm up. They already feel like they know something about yeah. you. And people talk about those things. I've experienced it myself. You can go look at my about page. I list all kinds of silly things I do and don't like and was inspired by. And people talk to me about them when they yeah. get on sales calls. It's a real icebreaker, basically. I think instead of what lots of people do is lean away from anything that might make them stand out, lean into that, lean into who you are, what you love, what you do, why you do it. Show your passion. It's completely fine to show your passion and to show that more, the side that people will not know a lot about as well, because that is relatable. That builds that know and trust, which we all know. If you don't know this by now and you listen to our podcast, like you need to go and listen to some episodes again, but building that is the foundations to, to the start of any kind of client journey anyway. So what are the three things on websites overall that couples 
want to see what's going to help get people on, up that ladder of getting those bookings from couples that land on their sites? So the first thing is they want to know your personality. And this is especially true of anyone who's really present on the wedding day itself. It doesn't mean it doesn't apply if you're a baker or a florist, but I'm especially talking to photographers, planners, DJs, anyone who is there. You're going to be present, often in close contact with people on a really emotionally charged, important day of their life they've invested a ton of money and time into. They want to feel like they're going to have fun with you and they're not going to feel awkward. Photographers and videographers, if you're listening, this goes like quadruple for you because everyone's convinced they're going to feel awkward in front of the camera. So they want someone that they can really relate to and that they just feel like they're going to click with. And what you want to do is give them enough personality that when they get on your sales call, they feel like, okay, you are exactly the person you advertised yourself as and we know we want to work with you. That's what you're really looking for your couples. And they really want that sense of personality because otherwise it's just, it's a little unnerving to pay thousands of pounds Mm -hmm. or dollars for someone and then worry that you're going to feel awkward. I, as I'm telling you this story, I remember a wedding that I was a bridesmaid in years ago and the photographer was really awkward and none of us could quite relax. Like nobody, we were all young and I'm sure they just hired someone, but nobody really felt like they could settle down and take normal photos because of him. They were just a little on edge. So yeah, you want, couples don't want that. They want to get a sense of you. And I also tell people, you need to show up the way you're going to show up in person. So if you're a super formal, elegant person, show up that way a little bit on your website. On the other hand, if you have pink hair and you curse all the time and you wear black t-shirts and that's your vibe, people will like it. Absolutely. But you don't want to appear very stiff and formal on your website and then show up and curse a blue streak and people are like, what did I get myself into? So you really want it to show who you are. Like, who is this person? (laughs) Yes, this is not who I thought I hired. And as well, it's got to be obviously relatable to your ideal client as well. That's a really important point. Like we talk a lot about ideal client and I think your ideal client is the foundations of every part of your business. If you haven't got your ideal client down, like you need to literally know this. I was quite literally like a bride, a group, know this person like better than your bestie. So that every bit of your business you put out there, definitely, especially your website is in line with that person. Yes, Um, 100%. We couldn't be in more agreement. You have to know that. You have to know... I would say too, you don't want to just think about like their demographics, like Mm -hmm. how much money they can spend their job and all that. You want to know, are they stressed because their mom's paying, but then she's going to want to make the decisions or do they want a non-traditional wedding? And what does non-traditional even mean to them? You have to know them inside and out. So yes, 100% agreed. I love that. I actually had a question the other day from one of our, so we have a group coaching program and they were asking me about forms on WedPro's website, especially her website. She was a planner. So I may as well ask you while I've got you, uh, what's the important information to put on a form? What information can wait till later? Because I think, like you were saying, they can, like couples get a lot of overwhelm. So how do we make this process easy with forms? So I read something recently that was really smart and it said how long your form is should depend on how many leads you're currently getting and whether those leads are a good fit for you. So if you're starting out, you're not getting a ton of leads 
don't bombard people with too many questions. Keep it simple. Ask what you need to know. So for example, if you're a planner, you need to know the dates they have in mind. You might need to know a little bit about their budget and where they're planning to go. Maybe you ask one open-ended question about their vision or why they want to work with you, but keep it simple. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you have more leads than you can shake a stick at and you want to narrow them down and get better fit leads, or if you're getting leads that aren't a good match for you, that's probably a sign that there's a number of things that need to be revised. But one of the things you can do is ask more questions to narrow them down. So someone who has a wait list a year long can afford to ask a lot more questions and make sure that they get and respond to only the people that are a good fit. It's a good way to get a sense of budgets. It's a good way to get a sense. For example, I've seen a videographer's website where she only takes clients who already have hired a planner. She's not going to work with clients who want her to manage their timeline and that sort of thing. So the more in demand you are, the more questions you can ask is my general rule. It is nice to ask at least one open-ended question so that you're not getting on a call with someone without any idea of what they're looking for. The exception I'll say is that if your services are totally packaged, say you're a limo company mm -hmm. and you have three packages, you don't need to ask as many questions. People are going to book one of the packages. If they really don't fit, they'll ask about it. The more open-ended stuff is for my photographers, planners, that sort of thing. It does depend a little bit on what business you're into, the questions that you're going to ask. Yeah. That is some really great advice, really broken down in a really easy to follow way. So thank you so much. So if anyone is listening to this and thinking, oh, my life, geez, I still need some help with this. Where can people find out more about you? How can so they get I'm on Instagram. My yeah. username is Andrea Shaw Copy. I'm also occasionally on threads, although not as much as I was a month ago, but I'm still on there. Same. And then andreashaw.com is my website. And I would love to hear from anyone who's looking for copy help. I've got a couple of options and I love working with wedding professionals and it's so much fun. Everyone's different and it's a real joy to work with. What I will do is I will pop your Instagram link in our show notes. So anyone who does want to find out more can pop over there and go and check you out. Thank you. Thank you so much for hopping on today. I've actually learned loads. I've taken so many notes. <laughs> it's always interesting when we have guests on because there's always things to learn, right? Like we, me and Casey are always the first to say, you can't know everything in business. And that's that's absolutely fine. Like it is a learning curve for sure. But hopefully today, you guys that are listening have got lots of helpful tips that you can then now go and implement in your business because it's very good as giving you the tips. But what you need to go and do now, people, is go and implement them, please. But yeah, if you do want to find out more, pop over to Andrea's Instagram via the link in the show notes. Thank you so much, Andrea. It's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you for having me. It was great talking to you, Roxy. And thank you to you all for listening and we shall see you on the next episode. Hopefully I will be joined by Katie. Take care, everyone. Bye.